Rabbi Jack Moline is executive director of Interfaith Alliance and spends much of his time working on national policy issues in a small Washington, D.C. office that I know very well. But a key part of the job is staying abreast of developments across the country. Jack has recently been traveling to a number of Interfaith Alliance affiliates across the country. Even as this tour continues, I'm very happy to have Jack with us today to share some of the insights his travels have provided for him so far. Jack, welcome back to State of Belief Radio, and where did I reach you today? You reached me well in Ocala, Florida, where I have the privilege of spending some time with our Marion County affiliate. Uh, They're doing great things down here. They are, and they're doing it in a heck of a difficult context. I was was amazed at what they could do in a context that doesn't encourage them much. Um, Yep. Well, I want you to talk about the places that you've been recently and the kind of challenges those local communities face on um, Interfaith Alliance's key issues. Thanks. Yeah, I have actually been doing a lot of uh, a lot of traveling the last couple of weeks. I've had an opportunity to meet with our folks in uh, Denver, Colorado, the Interfaith Alliance of Colorado. Um, uh, Jay Keller from our, our office and I went up to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for the 10th anniversary of uh, Interfaith Alliance Pennsylvania. And now here I am in Ocala, Florida, in the Marion County Interfaith Alliance. Um, and uh, what we're finding is that many of the same issues we're dealing with nationally, religious freedom, Islamophobia, and, uh, and just the bad behavior of, of people with extreme religious views, are things that are being dealt with on a local level as well. But they have their own issues, too. Uh, you know that our affiliates have a little more latitude in defining their agenda mm-hmm. uh, than, uh, than we seek to impose on them, which is the right thing to do. Religious freedom is a local issue. And uh, so the folks in uh, Pennsylvania were working hard on making sure that the right kinds of representation uh, on the Supreme Court uh, came to pass. And, uh, and indeed, they have justices who will uphold a genuine religious freedom agenda. Mm-hmm. Folks in Denver are working on religious freedom legislation they're hoping to prevent that hasn't reached the state house yet. It's been uh, blocked before, and they're hoping to do that again. Uh, and uh, here in Ocala, uh, I've I had the privilege of speaking so far with a group of students at uh, at the uh, College of Central Florida mm-hmm. who were uh, very very concerned about. Uh, understanding Sharia law mm-hmm. and what its impact, what its engagement is in the American scene. Very, very intelligent questions from this community college class. Are there aspects of what you have seen and what you've heard um, that cause a light bulb to go off and you say, you know, that is really information we need in the national office, and I think we can uh, benefit from giving some attention to this. So I think uh, it has reinforced what we hope to embark on very, very soon, which is developing, for lack of a better term, metrics to measure religious freedom in the United States generally and state by state. That we are having a conversation about something that everybody is defining for himself or herself. And we really need to understand what religious freedom means and how it's being practiced in the individual states. 
And the very fact that I'm hearing similar but not identical concerns in all these places I've been leads me to believe that if we're ever going to get to the root of this, we at Interfaith Alliance have an opportunity to create a conversation that will sort of level the playing field and allow people to compare apples to apples. Mm-hmm. And and tell me, Jack, what what are the apples? What 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 are are the items we need to compare? We need to be able to look at all of these mini RIFRAs, these mini mm-hmm. religious rest, uh, freedom restoration acts, mm-hmm. and be able to say these provisions are applicable in a constitutionally defined society, and these provisions are nothing more than an excuse for religious discrimination. Hmm. And rather than take an aim like we're a whack-a-mole gallery mm-hmm. at 50 different versions of this legislation, um, if we at least knew what we were talking about, we would be able to say, there's a good one in that state over there, and there's one that isn't so good in mm-hmm. this state on the other side. Interfaith Alliance provides five questions that uh, voters and people who are thinking about voting need to ask political candidates, what role will your faith or values play in creating public policy or making appointments? To the candidate, what are your views on the boundaries between religion and government? What steps will you take to protect the rights of your constituents uh, regardless of faith or belief? How will you speak about your beliefs without making them just another political tool? How will you balance the principles of your faith and your obligation to defend the Constitution, particularly if the two come into conflict? Every voter has a right to know what every candidate feels about those five questions. Talk about, Jack, the initiative to get those questions in front of the candidates campaigning uh, in communities all across the nation. Uh, yeah, so those are the five questions, and, and they're extraordinarily important for individuals to ask candidates because mostly what we hear uh, when people are asked about religious faith are ridiculous questions about Bible verses and, and who's middle of the road and who's side of the road and that, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the real issues are the same issues, frankly, that we talked about when the Pope made his visits to Congress. And that is that legislators need to legislate on the basis of the Constitution, on the, on the basis of, uh, of state and local law, and not on the basis of religious faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, much of the conversation we have about these kinds of concerns are are more about uh, whether the candidate who is campaigning is like me rather than whether the candidate who's campaigning is going to be a good legislator. Mm-hmm. And those five questions are designed to sort of ferret out the role that religious faith plays in the individual candidate's life and to make the point subtly and, uh, I think, politely that our expectation is that a legislator is going to legislate and not pontificate. Mm-hmm. Jack, have you, in listening to the debates of the respective parties and just what you've heard on news shows, is there any candidate that's getting it right, whether or not the questions have come from Interfaith Alliance or from some other source? I'm... Uh... I'm discouraged by what I've heard from moderators 
and not just on this question of religious freedom. We, we haven't really heard any of the moderators on the debates on either side of the aisle mm-hmm. talk about the issues that we're concerned about. In fact, we've sort of bemoaned the fact that we haven't been able to tweet anything out from these debates because there's really been nothing said yeah. uh, on the issues that we're concerned about. So well, what I think will will be right is if the model of the moderator who is well prepared with the facts and asking questions rather than than uh, provoking challenges mm-hmm. will uh, will create a conversation among candidates that will help people understand who's going to lead and how they're going to lead and and I would hope that more importantly the leadership in both parties the Democrats and the Republicans both would be ready to repudiate within their own party inappropriate comments about uh, faith, about the role of faith in our uh, civic life, and uh, about the the inappropriate depiction of a particular kind of religious culture in America. Mm -hmm. We've always been concerned about whether a candidate has sensitivity to... um, the diverse communities of different religions that are in our nation and whether or not that sensitivity motivates them to say something about being the president of all religions and people of no religion rather um, than just trying to play to one particular religion. Um, Have you heard anything that bothered you about that this time? I've heard uh, things that have bothered me in 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 both directions. I don't think uh, I don't think there's been a strong statement by any candidate about being uh, uh, equally committed to the faith perspectives of every American. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that statement yet. What I've heard instead is some people proclaiming their particular religious faith as being the authoritative religious faith in America. Mm-hmm. And there, there's at least one candidate, maybe more, who have, who's gone out of his way to say nothing about religion uh, without proclaiming himself to be someone of no faith, mm-hmm. uh, has simply paid not much attention to religious diversity. Uh, I, I think most of the candidates have stood up against the most extreme expressions of uh, of anti-religious sentiment, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's anybody who has embraced the great tapestry of, of faith and values mm-hmm. that has made this country as great as it is. I can't imagine that people listening to this show and listening to this particular interview uh, would not be saying, look, we're doing the best we can to understand where these candidates are on a lot of issues, and it's very um difficult sometimes and frustrating at other times to do that. So where could we get our hands on those five questions uh, that Interfaith Alliance has prepared? We'd like to uh, use them with candidates coming our way. How, what's your answer to how they get it? Well, uh, the best place to look for those five questions is on our website, interfaithalliance.org. And uh, just click through to the, to the five questions. It'll be there. There's also a a guide for houses of worship and a guide for candidates as to how to how to talk about these issues. They can be quickly downloaded from uh, from our website, and we're we're happy to make them available free of charge to anybody with a computer. Um, but I'd also like to suggest that people be a little patient. 
um, we have not seen a lot of substance in the campaign so far. We've seen a lot of entertainment. We've seen a lot of posturing. We've seen a lot of people trying to put themselves as a leading candidate by pandering to the people they think will vote in the primaries. I think we need to be a little patient. We're just past the uh, the off-year election date, where a lot of local um, a lot of local contests were decided, and a lot of uh, statewide nominations were confirmed. And now I think it's time, in earnest, to start pressing candidates who are serious about holding public office about where they stand on these five questions. I know that you are very interested in what you're doing out with uh, various uh, members of Interfaith Alliance in different parts of the country, and I know you're also uh, holding that in balance with watching what's going on in the primaries uh, that is of interest to someone interested uh, in what's happening to religious freedom. But I also know that uh, the end of the year is coming, and you're probably looking as well at the budget and uh, the budget in relation to the kind of things that you want to be doing at the end of this year and the beginning of next year. So um, talk a little bit about Interfaith Alliance and its need for support for this important work. So there are two things that every listener needs to do. The first is to congratulate Reverend C. Welton Gaddy on being honored by Muslim advocates for his great service to the Muslim community coming up their annual dinner on December 3rd. That's the first thing. But the second thing is, uh, now that we're getting to the end of the year, now that we're looking at closing out our budget year and putting ourselves on a firm foundation for the year to come, we'd like everybody to try to be as generous as they possibly can. Your contributions to Interfaith Alliance are tax-deductible, and believe me, you get a lot more bang for your buck with us than you do with most other institutions. What we're able to accomplish on a very frugal budget, I have to tell you, um, finding ourselves on the front pages of the New York Times and USA Today, in the pages of the New Republic and the Wall Street Journal, which is really two ends of a continuum, uh, those are things that, uh, that our listeners and our supporters can understand are having a huge impact on what we, uh, what we hope to accomplish in the United States today. Rabbi Jack Moline has served as a congregational rabbi for over 30 years, most recently in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, having held a number of leadership positions for numerous Jewish interfaith and community organizations. Today, Jack is executive director at Interfaith Alliance. Jack, safe travels. Thanks for being with us again on State of Belief Radio. Thanks, Welton. Keep up the good work.